0: Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. David Eckert on 3.com. blue White illustrated in just a few moments. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with Sunbury Motors guarantee. And also... Uh, a great uh, sales uh, staff that will work with you. Customer service means everything. That's why they have so many repeat customers. They're treated well. They understand that the sales staff is, yeah, sure, do they want to make a sale? Of course they do. But they want to do it the right way where you're the one that benefits in the end because then, guess what? You'll be happy and be a satisfied customer, and the next time around you'll come back because you were treated that well. On top of that, a fabulous service department, whether it's diagnostics, diagnostics, Great job with inspections and also routine. They take care of it all. It's one vehicle, one stop shopping for your vehicle. It is Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Well, Mike Kosicki just got married. Congratulations to Mike. He just got married. And today, the Dolphins decided to franchise tag him. So (laughs) that's where Mike is right now in the in life and in the business of football. All right. David Eckert in a few moments, but first of all, it is championship week. You will get those miracle moments. And guess what? One of them happened last night in Asheville as uh, Tennessee Chattanooga advanced on this play. They're looking to the south. They won a timeout. They're going to let him play. Gene Baptiste with one. Heaves it for the win. got this shirtless crew coming on the court to celebrate devastating loss to Kermit. They will review oh. this shot as of now. It is the biggest shot for Chattanooga. How about that? And it did count. And uh, my old friend Tom Hart with the call. Tom does most of his work now in SEC Network, but Tom did a lot of BTM work for a long time. Great guy. On the call last night in Asheville, that also means my old friend Mark Wharton, who is the athletic director at Tennessee Chattanooga. Guess what? They're going to the dance, and they uh, they were the number one seed going in. Furman was the number two seed, but Tennessee Chattanooga advances. It's been a week. It's championship week. You're going to see a lot of those happening this week. Great competition. All right, let's uh, turn our attention now. First time we've had him on the show, David Eckert on 3.com and uh, Blue White Illustrated. Uh, we'll see after this experience is over with whether he wants to come back or not. David, a pleasure. Great to have you with us on the show today. How are you doing, Steve? Okay. Um, what did you think of the end of the game yesterday? Because uh, obviously something went askew with the clock.
1: Yeah, Um it was bizarre, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, it, was, it was a chaotic end, and, and I guess the clock just kind of added to it, right? I mean, I don't know. I, it seemed like Seth Lundy could tell that something was up, um, but what, what, what did you see? Because I, I actually I didn't read anything about the clock. Oh. You, so this uh, is a little well, over my head.
0: Well, the ball goes into Seth, and we, yeah. you got to look at the tape. It's the tape that's the whole thing. He touches the ball at 5.8. Now, if Jelani had touched it, the clock starts, but he didn't. Harper's pretty close, but it didn't look like Harper touched it either. The first guy to touch it was Seth, and he touched it with 5.8, and the play started at 7.2. And that's the – you sit back and say, why why does this stuff keep happening like this? I mean – Yeah. And that's the part that's really – it's just – Dick and I said to each other after the game yesterday, every time we feel like there's a different way to lose, something else happens that we haven't seen yet. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, that definitely fits in that category, right? Um, you know, but, you know, it's just they've had a hard time with the officials this year, haven't they? Like, if it's not free throws, it's, it's, it's something else. Um, you look at some of the, the road games that they've lost, or even some of the home games, really, where you would kind of expect to get that rub of the grain, and they haven't. Um, and, you know, this is a team that maybe unlike some of the other Penn State teams of the past where you might be able to understand that disparity, they, they go inside. They get buckets in the paint.
0: Yeah, so, they do, yeah. It's uh,
1: it's 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 weird.
0: The one thing I'll say about Jalen, I, I said this on the broadcast yesterday. When he goes into the paint and he shoots, he usually fades and that doesn't yeah. help you drawing fouls.
1: No, you're right. Um, the the one who really gets me though, Steve, is is Sam Seth. and I think you know, Michael Shrewsbury has said this. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he he can't get a foul call to save his life. Seriously, it, you know, I mean, this, he he lives at the rim. That's his game. He drives the ball to the rim, right? Um, and and you know, that's that's his bread and butter. And how many times has has, has he gone to the free throw line after one of those drives? This, well, this
0: will uh, be one of those tests on Wednesday night because he'll get opportunities to go into the lane against this team. Yeah. And we'll see how, you know. Now, you know, if they let him go, they let him go. He has to, he has to finish. That's one thing. Penn State missed their first seven layups yesterday. When you're sitting like, layups? I mean, well, there's, there's different kinds of layups, but there are a couple where you're like, you can't – I just looked around and said, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I didn't say they are fouls. They just missed layups.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's – I mean, you can't do that on the road, right? Like, I mean, especially there. Like, that's, that's as, as tough an environment as you'll play in anywhere.
0: You know, yeah, it really, was, um, that really, man. You know what, David? That's always been a really good home court. Even back yeah. in the Atlantic Ten days, it was a really good home court. Um, yeah, yeah, I go back that far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around, thinking I'm the only survivor in this building from the, <laughs> the Atlantic Ten. Um, so now they get into this matchup with Minnesota. Now the game here was was no contest. Game out there right. was a really good contest. What do they need? Is it really the defensive end that's gonna be the critical part of this?
1: I think the critical part of it is Minnesota's light scoring center Eric Curry not randomly hitting eight jump shots and scoring twenty points or
0: whatever. It yeah, twenty two. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: you know, I mean I that's one of that's one of the few teams in the Big Ten, Steve, that, you know, you just feel like Penn State is better than at this point, even from like a talent perspective, right? Like I, I would take Penn State. You know, the guys that Penn State roll out there over what Minnesota does. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, they've got to defend, um, but they've got to they've got to make threes, right? Like you can't, and that's that's the coin flip of all of this is you can't start one of sixteen, I think it was, from three point range like they did against Rutgers on Sunday and, and no beat teams that they sent. Like that's just so. To me, that's what I'm. I've got circled is, can they hit their threes? Um, and if they do, you know, I, th- there's not really anybody that, outside of maybe a few teams in the country, that you wouldn't say that they could give a game to. Um, but that's the critical thing for me is just just cashing in on those opportunities, which they, they, they did not do yesterday.
0: If they can hit eight to ten threes. Yeah. I think that you now that, that bodes well. The other because the other part, Minnesota is not very good at defending the lane. And this is this could be a game where if he stays out of foul trouble, John Heron and Sam Sesums each could have some decent games. And plus they'll have Greg Lee this time too. Yeah, no
1: doubt. I yeah, I was shocked by the way that they defended the pick and roll at the Jordan Center two weeks ago or whenever it was. I mean it was just bad. Every time, every time Penn State ran that action with, with John and Jalen, you know, kind of that that ball screen at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Jalen got an open jump shot or or John got a layoff. It's like it was like they'd never seen a pick and roll before in their life. Uh but you're you're right. Uh definitely definitely a team that they can get the ball inside against, um, for sure.
0: Um, when you looked at the Big Ten this year, you now some are saying I know Mike DeCourse is saying as many as eight Big Ten teams could make it may very well might be right. How good do you think the league actually is?
1: I think it's good. Um, it's not. I don't think it's at the level of, you know, maybe the last couple years where it was far and away the best co- conference in college basketball. You know, um, I think the the uh, the SEC probably gives it a run for its money. The Big Twelve is always good, but. Eight feels like a good number to me, eight or nine, um, as far as NCAA tournament first. I, I don't know what you think there, Steve, but that kind of seems like it. A, a yeah, eight, spot
0: eight, for me. eight seems about right. I think a couple things. Number one, I know Iowa lost last night, but I think i have got a really good chance of advancing in the tournament by the way they're playing right now. Number yeah. Number two, eight seems about right. The league is not as good as it was two years ago. And the yellow mount is going to hurt them, believe it or not. And this is not a knock. This, This is more of how the conference wants it officiated. It's not a knock on officiating. There's a big difference between the two. These guys are officiating the way the conference wants them to officiate. They get in trouble in the NCAA tournament. The Big Ten does. Because... Things that might not be fouls in this conference end up being fouls in other conferences. And they are not getting Big Ten referees in the NCAA tournament. They're getting various conferences.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I never thought about it that way. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, Big Ten basketball is physical, right? And and I think the Big Ten likes it that way. That's kind of the brand, um, whether it's always pleasant to watch or not. (laughs) Uh, You know, but... uh, yeah that's that's an excellent point. I, I never really connected those dots. that's probably you know a, a factor as to why we haven't really seen a big Ten team. how long has it been since a big Ten team won the title? Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it
0: 2000 so, yeah 2001 so, Yeah. With, uh, in Michigan state
1: yeah 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 so that makes sense.
0: I have to ask you about hockey what a great we- what a great weekend. I mean, to go yeah. in there and lose the first and win the next two, and, I mean, to do it in the way they did it, how impressed was were you by that?
1: I was super impressed. And, and your last point is the reason why I was really impressed is because we all kind of, like, associate. If, if you watch Penn State hockey, you know that Penn State hockey just, it's all attack all the time. And if you give up an odd man rush the other way, that's fine because we're just going to attack, attack, attack and try to outscore the other team. And and that's not what this was. This was very disciplined, defensively sound hockey for, you know, the majority of the series, especially in game three on Sunday. I think Ohio state only had like maybe 20, 22 shots. Um, I don't have the final numbers in front of me, which for Penn state, a Penn state game, that is low. Um, so yeah, I, I was really impressed with how they played that game. Um, and you know, great story too. Dylan Lugris uh, scores the game winner. Yes, he was actually a, a mid-season addition this year. Um, they picked him out of the NCDC, uh, which is not a, a junior hockey league that produces a ton of Division One talent. Um, you know, when when I was kind of surprised that they would even take a guy from that league. To be totally honest with you, um, and and he comes in and and you know it. it Huge goal! Had a, had a goal earlier in the series as well. So, yeah, just just an awesome weekend for them for sure.
0: And now it's say, you know what? It's one shot each time. And yeah. If you have, if you're the one that has the really good day, right? Just go out and have a really good day. Yeah. And you can advance. Yeah.
1: Yep. And you know the the other aspect of it is they've got a goalie that looks like he's getting hot, uh, Liam Soulier, who. He's a sophomore, kind of seems to have wrested the job from Oscar Audio. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you're right. Like, in Minnesota, if if you follow the history of Penn State hockey at all, you, you know Penn State tends to do well against Minnesota in the Big Ten playoffs. So, and that's, that's going to be a – I mean, Minnesota can't get anybody to its game. It's a shame. You know, that building is not going to be – like what the building in Ann Arbor is going to be with Michigan and Notre Dame next weekend. right. So I think Penn State kind of got to me the better of the draw here. Um, they've already won at Minnesota this year once, so you know, um, would I pick them to do it Probably not, but do I think it's out of the out of the question? Definitely not mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see we'll see what they can do here.
0: Well, people didn't pick them in a the best of three against Ohio State. So.
1: No, nope. you're right.
0: Why not? No nope. hey, I mean. Yep. I think it's fun. It's a it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled for Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always thrilled for Brian. David, absolute pleasure. First time we've had you on the show. It won't be the last time we ask you, and it's going to be up to you as to whether we want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's always the issue. Hey, we'll love to have you back. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no worries on my end, Steve. Anytime you want me, I'm around.
0: Thanks, David. Appreciate it. You do a great job.
1: All right. Thanks, Steve.
0: David Eckert on 3.com, Blue White Illustrate. David does a great job covering a variety of sports, but in particular what he's done covering basketball and men's ice hockey. Uh, this season along the way. Okay, so let's uh, shift gears here for a moment. And uh, in the few minutes we have here, before we get to the bottom of the hour, uh, CAA Icon and Populous uh, are putting together a study on Beaver Stadium on the concept. The planning study follows the work done by Populous and Penn State on the master plan back in March 2017, which... Wow, five years ago. How about that? Uh, Select constituent groups will be sent an email with an invitation to participate in the survey. And they want everybody that gets one of these to um, tell them what they think. It's an inclusive study with a wide range of stakeholders from campus, community. uh, And you know this is what they're trying to do. They're just trying to see what do you think about Beaver Stadium. And Populous does a, you know, a great job with, you know, what they did at Kyle Field was phenomenal. Uh, they are associated you know, with the group that built Camden Yards, for example, that new football, you know, soccer football stadium in Tottenham. They built that as well. But they want to get what you think about it. Uh, you know, you know what do you think is, you know, they want to improve uh uh, all the uh, fan comfort in the stadium. They want to provide a greater variety of amen- amenities to, to support the needs of student athletes, fans, and the campus community. Look, Beaver Stadium is, you know, part of the centerpiece of what goes on around here. I mean, you know, we could talk about academics and Old Main and this, that, and the other thing. But as Bobby Bowden once said, "Sports is the front porch of the university." And guess what? Uh, what happens is when you're going to buy a house, for example, and the front for the front porch, you look at it and go, oh, that's really nice, or you look at it and go, eh, and yeah, we'll go in and look at it anyway. Well, that's what happens with sports. Sports is, as Bobby Bowden said, the front porch to a university. He didn't say it was the university. He said it was the front porch, and he's not wrong. Um, The academic community may want to dispute that all they want, but guess what? Um, The academic community isn't on national television 50 times a year, and the academic community isn't on, uh, they they don't have national TV in the science lab. (laughs) That's not to put down the academic community in the least. I'm just speaking the reality of it. So they, you know, they also know Beaver Stadium is going to be critical in recruiting. They know Beaver Stadium is going to be critical for fan experience, fan comfort, as to what they want to do, how they want to go about it. So they want to find out what you think. Simple as that. And uh, if you get the survey, fill it out. Let them know exactly how you feel. Don't hold back. Tell them exactly how you feel. And that's the only way they can they can do this thing right. Is as long, you know, just be straight with them. It's the only way they're going to do it right. So that's the fan survey. Uh, let's see. NCAA wrestling tournament will be next week. Later, we'll have Jeff Byers in the show uh, before the NCAA tournament. In fact, we, I think we have Jeff before the week is out, as a matter of fact. And then uh, Penn State men's ice hockey goes to Minnesota on Saturday night at 9. We'll have Brian Tripp on the show before the week is out. As well. Penn State Coaches Show, by the way, on Thursday night. Now, it's debatable whether I can do it or not, but, you know, it depends on what happens with the game tomorrow night. But uh, they're going to have it on Thursday, and Cale Sanderson is going to be the guest on the show. So, Cale Sanderson, Thursday night on the Penn State Coaches Show, 6:05 to 7. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final half hour of the show today brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. In fact, I was checking out sunburymotors.com because I'm, you know, uh, I am in the, I'm in the market, and I was checking out, actually, what they had in the lot on the Ford line, as a matter of fact. Because there's no doubt where I'm going to buy my next vehicle. It's going to be at Sunbury Motors. There's no getting around that. Uh, they also have great pre-owned inventory. Awesome pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means everything. Uh, great sales staff and a service department that makes this one-stop vehicle shopping because they can handle inspections, Routine, diagnostics, I mean, all the difficult stuff. They can handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street at Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keir, which is 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, off to gamebridge Fieldhouse uh, for tomorrow night's game, Penn State, Minnesota, which will be an 8.30 tip-off on beginning at 8. Then on Thursday night from 6.05 to 7, the coaches show will take place because the Penn State basketball uh, obviously if they don't win tomorrow night, then I'm back to do the show on Thursday. But if they do win, they're in the late bracket at 9, which would be an 8.30 start. So the Coaches Show will take place on Thursday, 6.05 to 7. Cale Sanderson will be the guest on the show on Thursday from 6.05 to 7. So that will be uh, – you can lock that in. So Cale Sanderson will be on the Penn State Coaches Show. Uh, From the field at Toffrey is beginning at 6.05 on Thursday. All right. A lot going on. For Penn State football, this is a week to throttle down. Uh, James, they've been going every Tuesday, Thursday. This time they went, uh, last week they went Tuesday, they went Friday. And finished up on Friday with the winter program. Uh, this is, you know, so, and then he sent them all home because it happens to be uh, spring break here at Penn State. They will come back next week and they're going to have a couple days where they can work next week. And then it's gearing up for spring practice. Then, of course, Pro Day will be here. And then before you know it, it's April 23rd and the blue white game is at Beaver Stadium. So let's uh, bring in one of the best in the business. Such, such respect for him. Um, Rich Scarcella. Rich, always a pleasure, my friend. Great to have you with us.
2: Great to hear from you, Steve. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, and I uh, hope you are doing well. Hope your family's well. Uh, interesting times. Um, there's so much going on with name, image, and likeness, transfer portals, winter workouts, and college football playoff and TV contracts. So let's get to the college football playoff. You know, I don't know if we're all surprised at this hour. Based on recent events, it's going to stay at 4 for a bit. But what did you think?
2: Uh, I I thought that's what they were going to do all along, that they weren't going to tear up the uh, existing contract. I do think when this is over, I think it's 2026, Yes, contract ends, I believe uh, you're going to see 8 and possibly 12 teams in the playoff. Would I have liked to have seen that sooner? Yes. But I, I didn't expect them to change that.
0: All right, now, uh, let me bring this up as a, as a side. right now, for networks, you know, they you know, they could have bid on it if it went to 12, right? okay? Well, that's not going to happen for a couple of years. The NHL is off the NBC books at hundred million a year. Does the Big Ten actually benefit with its TV contract up next? that they could get more money and then eventually get the benefit of an expanded playoff?
2: Oh, I think the Big Ten is going to pursue what the best deal it possibly can. And, you know, if that's with NBC, that's with NBC. The, the interesting thing, and again, I'm not telling you anything new, is that the Big Ten network is in half of it, or close to half of it, owned by Fox. Right. And so I don't know how that complicates... You know, network contracts uh, with the Big Ten if they have an exclusivity with the with Fox, or I'm guessing they don't, but I, I, I don't know. But I, I can see them going to NBC because NBC is looking for content, and especially on Saturday afternoons in the fall. I mean, they do have Notre Dame, but that's just one game a week. So that wouldn't surprise me. Um I do think they'll pursue it though. I think they'll pursue the best deal that they can get.
0: And the other part of C B S, which will be out of the SEC, they're gonna want content.
2: That's also true, Steve. Great point. If you know, we forget that that the ESPN's taking over the SEC coverage or SEC package too. So yeah, I, I think it's gonna be really interesting. Um to see to see what develops over the next several years, but uh, you know, I, I I believe, and you know, I know Jim Delaney's not there anymore, but I, I do believe that the the Big Ten will get the best package it po- it can possibly get with whatever network.
0: All right, and especially after I think they released all the numbers on everybody. I guess eleven out of the fourteen lost uh, eight figures or more last year, which was expected. I, what I didn't expect was three only lost. Seven figures. <laughs> that was, I said, "Wow, how'd they do that." Uh, don't know, but they did. I think Illinois lost like three and a half million, or some some number like that. Uh, name, image, and likeness. During his press conference, uh, James Franklin back on the uh, first Wednesday of the month, you know, spent some time talking about looks, staying ahead. How difficult is it for any school to stay ahead in this atmosphere of name, image, and likeness, especially considering the market you're in versus maybe a market somebody else is in? Um,
2: to stay ahead of some other competitors?
0: Yes, you know? to stay ahead of you know, be other competitors where you feel like people come to your school and they're getting the best they can out of name, image, yeah. and likeness. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> this is a hot topic with James Franklin, as you probably no. yes and and um i see that they're advertising The university is advertising for somebody to direct those efforts which i if if you would put james franklin on a lie detector i'm sure he would say that it was overdue and um i i, I do think that being in central pennsylvania which where i spent a lot of time, and where I have spent a lot of time, and an area where I love, is not the same as spending it in Columbus, which is the capital of Ohio. It's a smaller market, plain and simple. The opportunities with NIL in Center County aren't as great. So that I'm guessing whoever takes this job is going to have to reach out and spread out, and and, and try to um, negotiate deals with in philadelphia and pittsburgh that kind of thing throughout the state rather than just focus on center county but i know i wrote a column i think it was i can't remember a month ago the, the days are going by so fast yeah and that some of the some of the deals a month ago were incredible ohio state claims that it has the the number one nil um packages for its athletes texas we got at USC. Look at Caleb Williams got a deal as soon as um, he transferred, basically to, from Oklahoma to USC. So, yeah, there be it, Penn State is behind, and this is something that I don't think we um, the NCAA is going to go back on, and it's borderline professionalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And like it or not, that's what that's what we're that's what the situation is, and if you don't. want to participate, you're going to be left behind.
0: And that's the bottom line, because this in some ways is playing out, like I thought maybe a couple of years ago, that Columbus is the largest city in the state. There's a lot of industry in that city. And then you look at Alabama. In Alabama, you and I both know there are no pro entities there. I say that with all due respect to the (laughs) Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. uh, But they're the franchise in that state. Uh, Here, you got the Eagles, the Steelers, the Penguins, the Flyers, the Sixers, the Phillies, the Pirates. And and then there's Penn State. I mean, there's a lot of competition just in your own state.
2: Yes, there is. And I go back to... When Joe Paterno and Jim Tarman traveled around the state trying to basically drum up support for Penn State football back in the 1960s and early 70s, I mean, that's what Penn State's um, market, clientele, however you want to put it, that's what it is. It's really, truly throughout the state. They're the people who have supported Penn State football for the longest period of time. Yes. are the most... Loyal and ardent fans of the program, and you know whether that's in you know Wilkesbury, Scranton, Hazleton, my hometown, or down here in Berks County, in Reading, or wherever. You know it it it's it that's where that's some that's a that's a um, clientele that should not be ignored, um, and businesses that should not be ignored. And I'm sure once this person is hired, whoever that may be, um, they're going to find that out fairly quickly. You're right. In Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, there's intense competition for for the um, um, disposable income dollar, and that's going to be that's going to be a big issue. So, but yeah, I mean Penn State, you know, this has been going on for almost what a year and a half, two years, Steve. Nil. Yeah. and, and you know you got you got to get out ahead of this if you want to compete for a national championship. That's that's just the facts. I mean, whether we like it or not, um, that's just the way it is.
0: Right no, Exactly right, and I think James framed it framed it correctly. Ask yourself, what do you want to compete for? Well, everyone knows Penn State wants to compete for the national title. To do that, you got to, to go toe to toe in every area yes. along the way. Yes, uh, this is. Um, I, Major League Baseball is going through its lockout phase right now. Mm-hmm. I have found there have been several interesting and fascinating articles that have been written about baseball, that, an area they're not talking about because the owners elect not to talk about. The players are willing to talk about it. But how do you frame the game uh, right now in terms of time and how it's being played? So, and let me give everybody just a you know, help here. College basketball is expected to fit into two-hour windows, right? As we all know, okay. College football is one that's warping a little bit longer every single year. Rich, all the games you've watched, where are you know? With more passing and more incompletions, games will go longer. Uh, I've got that. Is there any way that college football can reel something in in its time frame? To, to, to instead of expanding the time it takes to play a game, contract it a bit.
2: Well, the first thing is won't won't ever happen, and that's to shorten the length of commercial time, TV timeouts. Shorten it. You know, yeah. whether you have one spot, two spots, three spots, whatever. you yeah. those those TV timeouts, quote unquote, last. Steve, what you know better? Two and a half minutes, three minutes. It
0: depends on the network. They can get three minutes uh, if it's an ABC game, and if it's a Big Ten network game, and I think it's like two thirty or something like that.
2: Well, you and I know it. You know, it involves money. That's not going to change.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, I. I mean those those timeouts. To me, break the momentum of the game, the flow of the game. Um, you know, people are just sitting there on their hands inside stadiums, whether it's Beaver Stadium or somewhere else. That's one thing. But that's not going to change. Right. So you need they need to try to adjust the rules. Don't stop the clock for first
0: downs. Agreed.
2: You know, that's first. I mean, that's what you... Okay, how much does that take off? Hmm, who knows? Does it take off three minutes? I don't know. In a game? I don't know. I haven't... I've never timed it. But... Then you also have to have. I mean, they're already doing that. You know, the clock runs even after a catch is made out of bounds.
0: Yeah, until two minutes to go. Yes. Right.
2: Right. So, and then incomplete passes. You, you know, most. You know, at the end of the game, you, you throw. Sometimes that. You you want to stop the clock? You spike the ball. Well. Do you do that? Do you allow that just in the last five minutes? Do you allow it all game? Do you, what like or whatever? I don't know. I I mean, are incomplete passes should you continue running the clock? These are all things for rules committee people to discuss. But that's really the the main culprit in the length of games is is the TV timeouts. But expecting to change. That's
0: not going to change. And you know, the odd part is I'd cut five minutes off halftime. I mean, right now, halftime is 20 minutes. The NFL's 12, so 15, because I don't want to cut out anything that the blue band does.
2: I mean, Steve, that's a great point. I mean, I, you're right. I, I I thought of that. You're right. 20 minutes is way too long. Yeah,
0: and, we, and you wouldn't have to cut off what the blue band does, because you know, there are people that are loyal. They love that halftime show. I got it. But they don't take the full 20 minutes. What ha- I mean, you and I both see after mm-hmm. the band's done, there's a lot of dead time. Yes, there is. Right? And that's the time I say you've got to cut out and just, you know, now we're up to cutting the game back in what we're talking about here between stoppage of the clock on, on first downs and so forth. I think we've now reeled the game back maybe eight, nine minutes. And
2: that's at least that's progress. At least that's something, you know. It's the Will the game still last three fifteen or three twenty? Probably, but at least that's something. I mean, some of these games, I just it, it's it's there's it's hard to watch sitting through there, sitting there watching it, and I can't even imagine people at home, like, you know, you're sitting there for three and a half minutes in the yeah. B- action, and yeah. that's not good. That's just yeah. not.
0: So, there's only so many sandwiches you can make. All right. Um, our gang earlier was talking about Aaron Rodgers. So, um, let's talk Ooh. to um, the guy that has been the quarterback for the Packers since Brett Favre.
2: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yeah. So, can you... As a longtime Packers watcher, can you figure out what the heck he's saying?
2: Oh, in the in the IG? No, I, I think... <laughs> I mean... We probably have talked about this on on your show,
0: probably or off the air too. We've probably talked about
2: it. Yeah, I enjoy watching him play football. Yep. I think it's clear that he loves to be the center of attention. Yeah. Off the field. Yeah. And loves. Maybe he doesn't love the drama, but he he seems to thrive on it. Yes. And. I, I'm i telling you, the last two weeks, and just even a little bit ago, before you guys called me, I mean, his name every morning is mentioned on ESPN's talk shows. Yes. At, at, at nauseam. Yes. I mean, like, I'll give you an example. I don't want to say who the person was. I just heard, watched a national talk show. And the host is a guy I really like. Yeah. And had a national reporter for a major network, talking to him about Aaron Rodgers and said, well, he's going He's going to make a decision soon. <laughs> oh, yeah? And he's either going to re-sign with the Packers, <laughs> ask for a trade, or retire.
0: Oh! I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize that those it, were the options. It, really? <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it, it's. They must be told they have to mention Aaron Rodgers ten times a day or something. Yeah. I mean, come on. He has said he's going to make a decision before the free agency period. When's the free agency period? Oh, it's coming up in, what, less than two weeks? Yeah. Of course he's going to make a decision soon. He has said that repeatedly. I know. It drives me—I'm sorry, I'm getting animated. And oh, no, I understand. I'm with you. Okay, that's it.
0: I'm with you. Because the, cover, uh, the coverage is nonstop. It's like every time LeBron has a, yeah. has a press conference, everything— Listen to what LeBron had to say. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care what he has to say. It's like, all right, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Your last movie wasn't very good. I got it. All right. (laughs) My friend, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to work this out.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Steve. Always good to talk (laughs) to you. Thanks for having me.
0: You too, my friend. Rich Garcella, Redding Eagle. Always great to hear from Rich. Normally, I don't comment on something that like comes up on Facebook, but I saw this. Um, Ricky Keller wrote on Facebook yesterday about the last sequence of the Rutgers game. I know there's four seconds and a three-point shot in a one-point game. Ricky, you're accurate, except, Ricky, they started the sequence on defense. Okay? You're not running a set play off a timeout. You're on defense. Now you're in scramble mode. All right. Take a look at the photo there's nobody in the lane because everybody was playing defense Seth was out at midcourt because he was playing defense on Harper all right White is guarding the inbounders all right all right they, he thought about passing it to miles but you if you watch the play Omori's closing on him with those long arms and so he just thought he'd take it and again there was less on the clock than he thought there was going to be there's so much goes into it but Ricky yay. Okay. They started on defense. Okay? That was not an offensive set. That was scramble mode. Okay? So, your observation, while correct, doesn't make complete sense. Okay? All right. Back tomorrow from Indianapolis, Penn State, Minnesota. Coming up tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.